We're good. It's 11 o'clock. Yes. Okay. Has, has anyone ever heard of Mark Gungor? Yeah. You know Mark Gungor? Mark Gungor does this uh, series called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. He sort of does marriage counseling in, in, with humor. It's like hilarious. There's this, there's this uh, moment in a video, and I'm not going to show it, but I'm just going to explain it. He's got this, uh, what are they called, those pole columns? He's got these columns, one column there and one column here with heads on them, like cast heads out of um, plaster. And he's his men's brains and women's brains. And he talks about the differences between men and women. And uh, the thing about men is, is very simple. Men have this context in our brains. And, and you take one of those compartments out, being very carefully careful not to touch any of the other compartments because dare not touch any of the other things. There should be one focus. Like if I'm watching TV, it's one focus wife box when I've got hobby box going, okay? That's the concept, right? But with the men, there's this awesome thing called the nothing box, right? The nothing box. So guys, when you're in your nothing box, nothing matters. You're just like surfing through the TV, buzzed out, not understanding anything around you but your nothingness, right? I only say that because that's to me today... That's the only thing I've been holding on to in my man brain is my nothing box. Because on the other side is the woman's brain where everything's interconnected. Everything's like a, a jumbled mess of the wool. Of like If you dropped three or four things of wool on the ground and how it all jumbles up and mixes up and gets tangled, it's like this interconnectedness of string being strung up together and it's electrified. And one thought leads to another thought and it just continues. This is a woman's brain, right? And it's like, never ends. Is that right, girls? Your brains, they don't shut off even when you're sleeping. Vivid dreams are happening. And sometimes you can do with a nothing box, but I'm hanging on to my nothing box because this week my brain has had an insight into women's brains like you wouldn't believe because it's still zzzzing around everywhere, Right? So I want to just give you that, that as an introduction to what's happening here today. That's what I'm feeling like up here, that everything is interconnected. Everything's interwoven. Everything has its... But for some of us, we like everything to be ordered and boxed and, 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 and simple. And, and yet that's not necessarily how God works. I think this uh, masculine picture of God sometimes needs to be challenged because he created women. And he's like the, the, the feminine side of God, just everything's interconnected, interwoven, and on the go all the time. It's like organized chaos right there. And that's sort of what I've been like leading up. Even yesterday, us, Jan, she told me to go home about five times. I was here till 7 o'clock last night trying to get on paper what's happening in my brain because I'm trying to be organized like a guy is organized, and I just can't do it. Right? So that's sort of so if this all comes out a little bit chaotic, give me grace, guys, like you give your wives graves grace, all right? But if it comes out a little bit more organized and boxed up and it's like, yep, this, this, this and this, girls, you've got to understand that's the, the, the male side of me that I've tried to put this in a way that makes sense to everybody. Are we cool with that? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. This what I say, let it be your heart, let it be your vision, let it be your purpose for the church. Let, let, let me take, Lord God, as your vessel, something of your heart for this community and communicate it in a way that will challenge. See what I mean? Chaos, that was last night. I got home and I still had thousands of things going on in my head and God just said, Mark Gungor, right there. I said, okay, I got it. Okay, so... I'm going to put my Bible down for a minute. I'll read that a bit later on. And I will recognize, but in a funny way. Let's throw up the PowerPoint. And real quick recap on last week. We're in Vision Sunday, second week of Vision. Sunday 21st, Sunday 28th. We stepped into uh, 
an introductory reflection last week on week 23, a, a perfect picture of the church, perfect picture of drawing under Christ, perfect picture of letting Christ uh, work through our lives. And, and, and the center of it all, I gave you these three points. The first one, Jesus is the beginning, the end, and the center of all we do. When you think about Life Source Church and you think about your call into the body of, G- of Christ and your call into the body of Life Source Church, everything we do is, is bookended by Jesus and is central around Jesus. The beginning, the end, and the center, everything we do is about the glorification of Jesus in this place. The second thing I it's not, let's grow up into Christ. Without Jesus, you and I would not exist here. We would not be together. We would not meet. I'd probably be off doing something else completely different to this, and I would have no concept of most of you in this church. We'd, our lives would not interact, every person into the church and he takes, he takes a motley crew of people and he makes them into something beautiful. Right? I include myself in that, so it's not a negative thing at all. We, but we need to grow up into all things of Jesus. So that means individually, we're up into the head, all things, which is Christ, as we express the ministry of Jesus. The third thing I said, I'm working through this really quickly, just to give you an understanding of last week, that we are reconciled at a cost. What does that mean? We were, we were bought back at a price. That which we were so far away from God, the only way we could ever, ever get anywhere near God was the penalty of death on our life, and that actually led that, meant that we would be eternally separated. wouldn't happen. So Jesus paid the price. He died upon the cross, and he reconciled. He paid the debt on our life to bring us into Jesus and to bring us into relationship with a good father. So he has reconciled us at a high cost that brought us in. So there are the three points that I introduced last week really quickly. And then, again, I'm still recapping. I went through these vision documents really quickly, and I said that the vision of Life Source Church is to be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. Do you remember that? So, so just catching everyone up, I think we're caught up now. When we look at this vision statement, it's kind of like a very simple statement of what we believe. But it's not limiting in any way. It stretches us beyond our own concepts. It stretches us beyond our own mind and what we, we, our own worldview and what we see in life. Because it, the focus is that we be unified into Jesus, expressing the ministry of Jesus to the world. A step through Matthew 28, 18 to 20, leading into this. And I kind of, I'll, I'll break it down really quickly in a minute, but I kind of said that all of the things that we do is about discipleship. Discipleship is like the main game for the church. And in this church in particular, everything we do must bring about transformation in the lives of people to become more like Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All all authority, not some, not a little bit, not a lot, but all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Talking about himself. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we've got this, this concept that we need to make disciples, and, and how we make disciples is about loving them, sharing the gospel with them, teaching them to obey, teaching them to understand the knowledge and the wisdom of the Word of God, walking out of personal, uh, personal relationship with Christ, and expressing the gifts that God has given them to impact people around them, to make disciples themselves. It needs to be this perpetual thing that we raise disciples up to go and make disciples. So that's the vision of the church, very simply, yeah? That's Jesus' vision of the church. Then we looked at these four really quickly pillars, and we only looked at them quickly. You see them on the icons there, so this might give you an explanation really quickly. Our first pillar in our church, if you like, or the value that we hang on to is this value of mission. 
And these are not in any order of importance. They're all just as important to each other. We believe in the need to reveal the truth of God through, the wor- through our words and actions. So that's the mission of God. Reveal the truth of God through our words and actions. Mission is all about discipleship. It's all about mission where we are and mission beyond where we are. Jesus told his disciples to go into all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It wasn't one and then the other one. It was, it was this context of always, together, be that way-minded. The second value and the second icon just in the line of listing over there, and you see it up there, is the face of a man. The icons to give you a visual and understanding of what our values are. There's this sense of on a Sunday morning and even a Sunday night. Because it's the community, community of the body coming together for the corporate worship of God. We value that as something we do. We, we, don't, we, don't, uh, we don't make... Like, really, church on a Sunday should not be optional. If you want to sit down and have a personal conversation with me about that, I'll convince you. Right? But really, right here, right now, I will just say it as straight as church should not be optional. If you look at Hebrews 10.25, it just don't forsake the meeting together of the saints. So there's no option in that. There's a, there's a command in that. Does that make sense? So, so this sense of, well, I should go to church today or I shouldn't, is, is, it should be put out of our back of our minds and actually said, no, I will go to church because that's something that I value, which is the value of community. I value community like I value the mission God has given me. And that's how, as a church, this is... By the way, these values didn't come from head down. These values came from the church up. As a, as a, as a, as a body together, these were the things that were important to us. So the value of mission was important, and the value of community remains important. And the challenge is in that, that we don't forsake the gathering of the saints. The, the third thing is the, is the blue icon... And the sense of the eagle soaring in the air, up and down on the, on the waves. I watched um, the Owls of Gahul last night. Um, the Guardians, it was on telly. You know, the Owls, and they were flying on the, flying on the updrafts and the, through the, the vortexes that were going through the massive storms and things like that. And, and, and I got this picture straight away. That's the eagles as much as it is the Owls. And the, video, the movie gives you that impression, but, but the eagles do it even better. They do it so much more gracefully. And the way they soar on the updrafts is a sense of grace. That we're not doing it and striving in ourselves, but we're doing it on the updraft of grace in our life. The favor of God toward us. The, the forgiveness of God toward us. The love and the compassion that God has toward us. It fills us with this intention to rise and soar above all of our circumstances. And that's our third value of grace, that we believe in the transformed life through the grace of God. And then the fourth one is this value of service. And I put the service one last on purpose. You come to God and in relationship as a response, you serve Him. Because people, they often get church confused with the context of, of having to do things. And I remember telling some of our pastors when we talk in individual conversations, and they say, I just have to do that. And, and I stop and I say, do you? I just have to get back to devotions. And I say, do you? I, I just have to do the work. No, do you? Your just is coming from a motivator that says, I want to be back in favor with God instead of, I'm in relationship with God. Let me step back into that. Let me step back into the favor of God, the grace of God. Let me step back into the community of God. And then from that place, I step into the mission of God, which is about serving God and other people. You've got to get that right in your head or else very quickly Christianity becomes about works. And by no way is Christianity works. And it's like looking at this finance thing that we're doing and raising money. It's not about buying favor with God. That's about tapping into the Father heart, the grace of God that says, I have everything in control. I will give you everything you need. Trust me. And then in the physical, stepping into that and going, God, I might only have $100, but I trust you with that. And it opens 
the door to favour and grace on your life. So there's a recap. The last bit of the recap is Christ is our head. Remember this picture from last week. I'll go through real quickly. Christ is our head. Christ is our foundation. Nothing happens without Christ. He's the bookend from that. To be as one. Unity. Who we are. Unifying every element of our, our sphere of, of influence. From the church to the politics to the people of the community. And then, then you get this sense that our four pillars are, are they're the things that help us fulfill the vision. They, they form part of the body. And then the last one I added in, this is something that, that God gave me revelation of this year, is it's all about those four pillars are about supporting discipleship. What it is to live out of grace and favor of God. To be followers of Jesus intimately in all that we do. We're all on the same page on that. We understand where I'm at. Because the next thing is something that I didn't talk about last week is this context. This is the Word of God. 1 Peter 2, 4-5 says, As you come to Him, talking of Jesus, He's a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. How important is it to see Jesus was rejected by men? The people of His day, the people of influence, the people of power, the crowd who was so easily influenced rejected him completely. Cast him away like a stone. But yet he was chosen and precious in the sight of God. Remember that word I said after worship this morning? Some of you need to understand you're chosen and precious in the sight of God. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Very important passage to understand when we're talking about the church. This is not an individual passage in any way. This is about growing up into that picture that I I showed just before. If you want to put it in a pictural term, it's about growing into that picture. If the church was compared to a building, not the church is a building, if the church was compared to a building as a type, that we're being grown up into living stones that are fulfilling the purposes of the church. There's a picture in that passage of Scripture that we've just looked at. But it doesn't stop there. There's that passage there. It doesn't stop there. 1 Peter 2 continues in verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession. The moment you came to Christ, you said, The old is gone, the new is in Christ. I do away with what is designed for me to do. And you have then said, I step into this fact that I am a chosen person, a chosen part of the race of God, a chosen person, and I am stepping into royalty, a chosen of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His possession. There's a crude way of saying that, but I think you get what God's saying in that passage there. There's a harsh, when I say crude, I mean a harsh way. But the, 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 the word is very cutting in that passage itself. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy... But now you have received the mercy. It all hinges upon this decision. Am I all in? Is Christ my Lord? Or am I all out? Am I not prepared to make Jesus the leads to eternal life? That's how God made it. It's how He's designed it. It's just the way it is. 
We choose self. We choose the road of destruction. We choose to be saved and born again. We choose to take on the new creature. We are Christ's possession on the journey that leads to life. And it's a life of abundance. This is who we are collectively as a church once we come to him. This is about using individual stones to build strong, to be as one. We want to talk about unity. If the Holy Spirit is the mortar that holds the church living stones together, that's called integrity, a strong building. Can't be shaken. Yeah? And I'd rather be a part of a church that is full of integrity, that cannot be shaken, that will not crumble under pressure, that is unified in all that God wants them to be. And therefore, to be as one becomes this amazing picture of unity for us. Hmm. Vision. This is our vision document. Ready, ready and ro- rocking to go. It just says, the love, grace and compassion of Jesus Christ. And meeting the spiritual and practical needs of our neighbours on a local and global scale. He has called us to unite together as unity. He has called us to live a life strategically. Listen to these words. Educate, encourage, inspire and motivate people to develop and live out a personal faith devoted to Jesus Christ. We continually seek excellence in providing relevant pathways and services that teach knowledge and understanding for life. We facilitate a meaningful and abundant life through wisdom and revelation from God's Word. We encourage active participation in church life and the practice of sacrificial living. We teach the importance of generosity, which honors God and partners in the work of the church. We aim to be a vibrant community, a melting pot of ethnic and social diversity, which provides help to those with needs and offers assistance in better ways of living. We see our facilities as a beehive of activity, which will become a resource center of the community. The foundation of all we do is our faith in the saving grace of Christ, the finished work of the cross and the victory of his resurrection. Our desire is to be of relevance to our community and our commitment to the the ongoing work of the cause. Therefore, the vision of Life Source Church is to be as one inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. I'm trying not to go over old things. I'm trying to, to bring the vision in a way that is going to inspire you for the future. I'm trying to pull out of that very statement who God has called us to be and release it within our community. And there are certain words that stick out to me, and I was going to use the whiteboard, but I don't need them. I've got them up here later on. These words, educate, encourage, inspire, and motivate. That's something that is entire church, everything that we're about is to educate, encourage, inspire, and motivate. To live out a personal and corporate faith of devotion to Jesus. So how is this looking and where is it going in the context of vision for our church? It's a big question. Remember I said it's like going on up here. That's kind of like what this place is like at the moment. There's so much happening. That word beehive, who picked that up as I read it? And around the whole context of the name change and the vision for the church, and the Lord sort of dropped into his spirit that we would be like a beehive of activity. That vision was confirmed by someone who used to come to this church who had a very similar vision without knowing what Rodney had. And they came and confirmed it. And they said that we're going to have, uh, like, a, a, this place is going to be full of activity. There's going to be so many things happening. And there's so many things just going to grow. And, and they just sort of said, it's like a beehive. Now, that person came and visited the church recently. And they were sitting there praying as the worship team were practicing in the morning. And I caught up with that person during the week, that week and had a coffee. 
and uh, just to sort of hear how they're going and they just wanted to share, make sure everything was going well with us but at the same time that there was, there was no wedge between me and her, for example. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I had no bitterness toward anyone, so that's, that was fine. But she, she actually said, while I was sitting there in the presence of the worship team playing and I was just praying to God, she said, I heard a hum like I've never heard it before. And she said, I heard this buzzing in the spirit. She said, it instantly reminded me of the vision I got of this place being a beehive of activity. And I say that because, because most of us don't see things like that in the spirit. But they inspire us because they, they remind us of the call God has given us. And have someone who's outside the church goes to a different church now who stepped back into this place and God reminded them of the dream for this church and who God's called us to be instantly through the sound of buzzing bees. It's pretty good. There was no bees in here that day, I can tell you that. I won't let them in because they bite. Sting, I mean. They sting. So how does it look in this context of vision for our church? Remember our vision to be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope and expressing love. If you want to sum this up really simply, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's really our prayer. It needs to be our prayer. It needs to be part of who we are. Not that we recite it like religion, but we, we, we imbibe everything that it means. He taught us to pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Go to a place later on into fullness of glory is a half-truth. And the enemy will manipulate you to make you comfortable and make you pull out and eventually isolate you from the vision God has for his church. Because you become comfortable waiting for that glorious day when Jesus comes back. That's a half-truth. The full truth is, Jesus taught you to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth, as is in heaven. The sense is that you and I are to partner as the body of Christ to bring God's kingdom now to influence this realm. Heaven is not a place that we go to. Heaven is a place we bring. And when the church captures this in their heart, you have vision. Because then you step into destiny. Then you step into who God's called you to be. You step into this sense that God's given me gifts and He's given me callings and I'm able to apply so that, so that Jesus, through me, brings His kingdom now. And when the kingdom influences your life, the kingdom will influence the lives of those around you. And to me, that's heaven. Jesus sums up our vision very simply. But we're stubborn and we're human and we need to see it in all different ways. So we use PowerPoints and we, we have preachers and we, we draw it up so that we can run with it. And It was God's command to draw it up. But Jesus says it. Your role is to bring kingdom here and now. So I will grab that whiteboard. Rodkin says, can you guys grab that for me? I... I uh, Maybe another 15 minutes, guys. All right? Keep me accountable to 15. Thanks. Because I don't like watch the clock when I get into this. All right. So, thanks, man. That's awesome. Just find one of these things that work. Good luck. I got a good luck. Yeah, look at this. Plenty of them here. All right. Okay, so, I've got this picture, all right? the church there are when you look at oh there's one gone yes praise the lord there are spiritual needs yep right we put a line down there there are also physical needs yeah is that okay can everyone see that all right so we're just looking at needs all right oh can't even spell today needs okay as a spiritual need, you're sitting in this house and you don't know that you've got spiritual needs, you and I should talk later, right? Just put it out there straight away. 
you got spiritual needs. Your first spiritual need is salvation, yeah? You don't know Jesus, you need to understand and know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You don't have that. Is that God intercepted that road of destruction and he planted a cross and on that cross he put his son Jesus Christ and as, he, as his son died, he said it is finished and he died on the third day he rose again. He ascended to the Father and he gave gifts to men. Right? That's the gospel right there. He planted a cross in the road of destruction and everyone who looks at that cross instantly becomes walking the path of eternal life. God puts a U-turn there so that you do not have to go to destruction. You need salvation. You need the name Jesus. You need to say, Jesus be my Savior and my Lord. And instantly you'll become a son of God or a daughter of God. That's a spiritual need right there. The spiritual need is that you need purpose in Christ. Because if you don't have purpose in Christ, you know what you're going to do? Nothing. That's simple, right? You don't find your purpose, you do nothing. I don't want to see a church doing nothing. I want a church that is bringing kingdom. Make sense? Yep. So you've got to find purpose in Christ. Another spiritual need is you need worship. Because you're designed to worship. You were designed to connect with God. You were designed to to be in relationship with God. When you're in worship, that's all about connection, all right? The last one, there's a couple more. We need mind renewal. Romans, what is it, 12? Because some of those things that we used to do as as unsaved people, pre so we've got to unlearn those things and realize that Christ is a better pathway for us. So we need mind renewal. We also need this sense. Hey guys, hope you're listening. We're a Pentecostal church, right? We need the empowerment of our Holy Spirit. You need to understand that Jesus sent another like him. You need to understand what the word paraclete actually means. It is the same as, it is a spirit of When the Holy Spirit empowers you, it is Jesus empowering you. Therefore, the works that I do, greater than these you will do. Because the concept of the church is together we achieve more. Make sense? I think that's it. Oh no, there's two more. We're going to run out of room. You need to discover your gifts. Right? That's why Jesus gave gifts to the church, is so that they can help you discover your gifts for the world. Okay? Ephesians 4, you can check that out yourself. And the last one that you need as a spiritual need is you need to encounter God's generosity. You encounter the generosity of the Father, heart of God, your life will be turned upside down. That one there was the one I think that done me in. Two. We need to provide food, clothing, and shelter. The physical needs. We don't have to worry about ours. Jesus told us not to worry about ours. But we do need to be concerned with the food and clothing and shelter needs of the poor. Because that's why he put us into church. We need to uh, feel significant as people. It's just a basic need, significant, all right, of a person. The other basic need is we need to belong. And it's not just me and him. We need deliverance from addiction. That's a hard one. I'm not addicted to anything. What about TV? Not addicted to anything. What about food, sugar, salt, Facebook? Yep, thanks, Rodney. Hmm. I think there's two more. Oh, I can get rid of that page now. All right. We need assistance. And the word is through... Grief and crisis. Every one of us will experience crisis in our lives. 
Every one of us will encounter grief. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. It's part of life. You need to learn how to have victory in it. That's part of our physical needs. And the last one is we all need unity. All right? We need unity or vision for life. No vision in life, what are you going to do? You will perish. He exists. He wants you to live abundantly. All right. There are just some things that come out of that reading that I just read to you. Moving on. I'm going to move fast now. Ready? Objectives. This is what I had uh, last year, year before, thinking through our vision and stuff. We really had no objectives. We had the vision. We had the plan, right? We had the, 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 the great writing. This is the inspiration, but we had no objectives to achieve this. And yet God graced us in so many, many things. So let's look at this. First objective was those four words I said before, encourage, inspire, equip, and motivate. Was that what they were? Something like that. First one was educate. Firstly, we need to educate. Create relevant pathways that teach knowledge and understanding. It's quite simple, isn't it? The church for centuries has, has educated. But the church, church also in, it brought about the institution that we know as schools. Want to argue with me on that? Go and check out your history. Look at the second word is encourage. This is our objectives. We need to encourage. We need to encourage the father heart of generosity. These are all linking in with these things on the board. Maybe you can, maybe you can see what I sort of did there. Like that's the whiteboard in the back room. It's just a small one because it's, I took a photo of it. So that's sort of saying zzz, all sorts of things happening. Hey, yeah, it's nothing compared to this guy. That's right. So we need to encourage. But what are we encouraging? The father heart of generosity. Because you encounter generosity, you encounter compassion, you, encom- you encounter love, you encounter grace. All of those things are actually found in the generosity of God. You look at the, the prodigal son as, a, as an example. That should be about the, the, the good, good father, that, that whole passage. Jake and I were talking about that the other day. The whole passage really should be about the good father and how he lavished so many good things on his repentant son. Right? So, so we look at the generosity of God and the acceptance of God and it should motivate our fire. The third word is this inspire. Wisdom and revelation through the word of God. We need to inspire this. You, you will not grow in your relationship with God if you are not encountering God through the Word of God in your own time and through prayer. You, you just won't. So we've got to in, inspire this in you. Okay? And the last thing is motivate. Active participation and sacrificial living. The four words, and they come out of our original vision and values document that we just glean over, but yet God's doing so many things through the expression of the beehive that is Life Source Church. All right, I'm going to change tact. Just tapping into the other box, all right? Okay. I'm going to share something personal with you guys. Not personal for me, but personal in the context of the church and how God has given me insight into certain things. 2015, I think it was, 2015, uh, during the prayer at the start of the year with the the oversight and the elders and the, the, the pastors and stuff come together. God specifically dropped into my spirit this one word. And that one word is, at the start of 2015, the church is going to undertake a shaking. God wants to test the integrity of the church. Right? Understand? It's not the shaking of a tree and who's going to fall out. We're going to have all these monkeys fall out. It's got nothing to do with that. God's testing the integrity of a church. In 2015, we had this shaking undertake. And through all of that, there were some really hard times. Certain people left the church. No one understands why. A few people do. God definitely does. We had this shaking. People. Okay, I'll say it. 53 people left the church. In 2015, 53 people left the church because of a word God gave to me that he was going to shake the church. Right? What's that mean? They were people who were not aligned with the vision that God had for our church. doesn't mean that they're living differently from God's plans. doesn't mean that they're outside of God's plans. Some of them may be, some of them might be. It meant that they had a separate vision for where God had led us, is leading us as a church. You can't have two visions in one church. That's called division. The word D-I is, is two. You can't have that. Division comes when you've got two visions. 
So we had a group of people wanting to take us down one way, and we had a group of people who were saying, no, this is not who God's called us to be. We're going to stay straight and true on the things of God because of a word that God gave to me that he was going to shake. They left. Things happened. Other people left. We think we had another uh, eight or so people leave not long after that. So it's sort of around the 60 mark that people left the church. Hmm. Do you remember 2014, 2015, 2016? Every time... It wasn't even in the notes. Holy Spirit just went, bam, hit the spirit of... Uh, the political spirit. Bam, hit the spirit of religion. And he's just like on that every time. And I'd step down like this and I'd be like, okay, this is what God sees and this is what God's breaking. Because God wanted to break off the church... This, this spirit of control and he wanted to take off the, the church the spirit that, that is like this political sense that would bring you know, more control Want freedom's living within the means of the vision and boundaries that God puts in place it's, it's but the gate is narrow does that make sense? so therefore the way into freedom is narrow one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. One way into the Father. But when you encounter the Father, its expanse is amazing. So that we, we went through this removal of hindrances. And I also believe that part of that shaking was part of that hindrance getting rid of. God was like, these guys do not want to change in the way they think. We'll just move them out because they will hinder even um, um, influential in a sense. Like I said, this is not... Like I said, it's, it's personal, but, it's, but you've got to understand God's plan in it all and celebrate God's goodness. The next thing that sort of happened was at the start of this year, we looked at breakthrough, and one of the things that was really, really important to me was, was starting to hit this. I have a conversation with my dad, and just some things and stuff have changed around in his life. And I said to him the other night, I just said, you now have the, the opportunity to outwalk in a spirit of freedom and no longer be controlled by the spirit of poverty. And poverty is not just finance. It goes beyond what we see in our bank account. You can be in a lot of debt. I, I'm in a fair bit of debt at home. You can be in debt, but walking in freedom, with a, without a poverty mindset. So it's, it's not about money. It's about tapping into the spirit of God and the heart of the Father. And, and I even sense that today... Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty may become rich. Those who, who speak of a prosperity gospel misinterpret this passage. But those who tapped into the Father heart of God understand it entirely. God became poor so that we could become rich in him. Everything Jesus did on the cross paid the price and took us into excess. Didn't make us zero in the bank account of God. It took us into an, an open bank account in grace. It's not about money. Remember I said that. Poverty is not about that. Prosperity is not about that, even though it involves that. For your sake, get this in your heart, for your sake, Jesus died on the cross so that you can be delivered from poverty and to live in royalty. Royalty. Because it's God's kingdom that you step into. Romans 5.17 For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more, much more, will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. You talk about prosperity, it's about reigning in your now. It's about kingdom life here and now. And I just feel, okay, <laughs> I 
I think some of you have to stand right now. I think some of you have to stand right now because you've been dogged by this poverty mindset for too long. And it's between you and God and no one's going to look at you. If they do, that's between them and God. They're not going to judge you. But God wants to break something off your life. For your sake, he became poor. If you want God to break that mindset now, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Right now. If you want God to break the poverty of your life, the way you see things, negative all the time, you can't do it. God's, God's against me. Humanity's against me. I can't find a place where I fit. All of those things. You got that kind of mindset, I believe right now the anointing of God is right here and he's going to break it off your life in Jesus' name. For your sake, though he was rich, he became poor. For though you were poor, the great transaction means that you are now rich in Christ. Father God, right now I stand with my brothers and sisters. Poverty, you have no authority, you have no right, you have no place there in Jesus' name. And by the authority of Christ Jesus, I speak blessing. I speak abundance. I speak life and life to the full. I pray, Lord God, that every, every testing of their mind will stop right now. Be silent in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray a release of your Holy Spirit upon their lives. Let them understand what it is to step into freedom right now. Right now. If you, you know you're not bound by a by mindset of poverty, just go and lay hands on them. Just go and minister to them. Just go and minister to them. You see, the power of God will confuse you. But it will make you hungry for those things. Thank you, Lord. This is my finish. Just as they're getting ministered to. This is my finish. I said we're going to boast. Let's boast. Because this is the goodness of God in your life, people. We have three. One, maybe two of those will become pastors in the next three years. Working towards their pre-trainee and then a tra oversight that is about to grow by two members. A finance committee that is seeing potential and seeing with the eyes of faith of what God is doing. And they are wanting to release us into the fullest potential that God is calling us into. We have a family atmosphere here that is embraced through faith, hope and love. Everyone that I speak to that comes in here feels like it's home. Even when I talk over. We have a multicultural outlook. A multicultural con congregation. That missional heart is finally starting to see the mission of Griffith as important as the mission of the world. Last week we prayed for Michael Dalla, who is joining his brothers Lachlan and Stephen who are going to spend the next 6 to 12 months travelling down the east coast of America from Canada through Central America and into South America just to see where God can use them in a mission. That means 
2015, Pastor James Brown stood up here and he said, my vision is to see three missionaries sent. And the church looked at that and said, right. And he went and served in Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands and he went and served in India. But yet, three young boys who didn't want anything to do with God growing up. God steps into their life and transforms them and they're completely sold out to his passions. We have a God that works miracles. We have two chaplains in schools. A third one has joined us today for today's service. We have one scripture teacher that's paid one day a week to minister in Leeton at Leeton High School. We have numerous, and I, and, and, and I didn't want to leave anyone out by saying names, so we have numerous SRE or scripture teachers at places like Lake Wangan, Tarbogan, Griffith Public School, and in a scripture team into Griffith High School and Wade High School. The word was, you will be the head and not the tail is happening. We're missional. And our mission is about our spiritual need and our, practi our practical needs. We have works in India that we partner with. We have works in Solomon Islands that we partner with. And now we have a CRC church in Brazil. Pioneered by our pastor Rodney. And, that, and their pastor and elder will be joining us in October for two weeks. So you will get an insight into Brazil and they will get an insight into you and we just believe good things will happen. We have Barnabas House. Wasn't that a miracle of God? We have two fantastic couples that are working in that field right here in our church. Felix and Anne, Jacob and Chloe. They have a heart to not just minister to the practical needs, but to train up members of the church to see that as a mission field and to go in and share the gospel and the love of God. I can't wait to see that happen. We have a draft plan to see our building extended in the next 18 months I say draft but I, because on Friday we had two inspectors from NESA which is the government body the old board of studies of New South Wales come and inspect Life Source Church and go through our paperwork and we're about 90% there of getting the tick of approval to say we're having Verity Christian College open its doors as of 2018, this January. Pastor Rodney and the steering committee are doing an amazing work in that. The five or six policies just to get in line with the wording of New South Wales. We have... We have various op opportunities to pray. A city prayer team that focuses completely on the city. A service prayer team that just focuses here in the morning on services. The pastors and elders have been praying now for two years on a Saturday morning, once a month here. And you guys didn't know about that. The other thing you don't know about is that Graham has been working with a very committed team of intercessors who have been praying for your needs in the background and praying to see the kingdom of God advance through this place. See how it all works together? God knits us together for the purposes of the kingdom. I don't want to embarrass those people. But they're doing a vital service to the kingdom of God. And the last thing is, the, vi the, the reason the building's got to trans... The reason the building's got to start growing... Five, let's put the school into this. It's... The reason it's got to grow is because we've got a heart to plant a drug and alcohol rehabilitation service in this church. God tells us that we're the head and not the tail and he gives us the major 
problems of the city. Education. Education is not a problem, but he wants us to tackle it from a Christian perspective. He, he, crisis is a major problem. No one's got houses, people without houses. He gives us, he gifts us Barnabas' house. And then he brings Mike Barrett here. Transformations Ministries and, and in births within us, addicted. So many things are happening in the church. I want to read this last passage to you as I close and take my daughter. God gave me this word when I was in the Solomons and I shared it with the church at Gateway. He confirmed that it was actually for us. On the day when Mike Barrett was here, this is the word that he preached, he shared over my life as I stood before you. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall cover, come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall be, come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Isn't God's timing pretty good, eh? <laughs> then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Remember I said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, the sea is like the imagery of sin. The abundance of the sea, that which the sea has captured the sin that people are lost in will be turned over to us. The people who are caught in the sea of sin will be turned over to the glory of the gospel. Arise, shine, church, for your time and your light has come. You ever looked at that word, kavod, kavod if you want to say it properly? It means weightiness. That which is substantial or heavy, it is a glory, it is honour, it is splendour, it is power, it is wealth, it is authority, magnificence, fame, dignity, riches and excellency. The root of that word is to be heavy, glorious, notable, or to be renowned. The Lord wants to make you a renowned people. And let me just say he has. Church, will you stand with me? Arise and let the glory of God shine on your life. Let us close in prayer. As I close, if you feel that God wants to pray with you and wants to minister to you, I just want to invite you to come. Don't hold back. Don't sit back. Don't think, oh, now's not my time, but just come. And our pastors and our ministry team will pray with you. And even Pastor Caroline, I've invited her to pray with you. But if you want, if you want God to do something from today in your life, then I say come forward and respond. Don't just sit there. Don't just think, wow, God, you're so good. We're getting a school. We're getting a transformations. We're getting this and we're doing that. Don't just think about that, but think about what's my role in that. The presence, the, the health of God, the, the richness of God and the fullness of God will give you strength. Father, right now, across this house, we thank you, Lord God, for the journey you've had us on, the spiritual inside of our vision, but more so, Lord God, for such a time as this. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Let that be, Lord God, a, an empowering scripture verse for us. 
Lord, let us move forward and partner with your Holy Spirit because you, your heart for the lost is greater than ours. Fill us with the glory, Lord God, that would, that would overflow into those who need you. God, today we arise, we shine, for you are upon us. Let your light, Lord God, burn brightly in our lives. And may many, may those who are lost in the sea, fill your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get some, someone to minister with Hayden? Is there anyone else that needs prayer this morning? No one else wants prayer? Be blessed, my friends and family. Stick around for tea and coffee. If you're a visitor here this morning, if you're here for the first time, there is a free coffee there for you. You can just have to go up and say hello.